I've learned now more than ever, just we all experience loss in every way, you know, and so to, to go through all of this and see it already impact people is, is pretty powerful. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones. Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Welcome to the show. What do you do when you experience heartbreaking loss? When everything you ever dreamed for your life vanishes overnight? When the fairy tale ends in tragedy? Our guest today, Matty Jackson Seligman, got married in her 20s to the love of her life. They'd been married less than a year when she lost her husband in a tragic accident. He was 28 years old. Can faith in God survive a loss like that? Is there comfort and strength for a time like that? Matty would say yes, there is. And that when you lose everything, the one thing you don't lose is God. In fact, he draws near to the brokenhearted and the suffering. Because we have a God who doesn't stand far off, who isn't immune to our pain and suffering. We have a God who is with us in our suffering. And as Matty shares with us, not just as one who died for us, but as our friend who is with us today, here, right now, who comes to us and enters into every moment of our pain and who brings a peace that passes all understanding. Matty's story reminds me of that place in the Bible where God gives himself the name and title he prefers. Let me read to you from my book, Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing. It's called God's Title. When someone important is being introduced, the announcer usually says, Mr. So-and-so, founder of this extra important company, or Miss Something Else, Nobel Prize winning inventor of this brilliant thing. Do you know how God likes to be introduced? His name is the Lord, Father to the fatherless, Defender of widows. Psalm 68 verses 4 and 5. Our almighty God, who sifted stars through his fingers, stands not with kings and princes, but with the weak, the powerless, the poor. Because the people no one else thinks are important have a special place in God's heart. He hears their cries. He fights for them and defends them. And one night long ago in Bethlehem, he stepped out of heaven and became one of them. The theologian Belden Lane said this about suffering. The starting point for many things is grief, at the place where endings seem so absolute. One would think it should not be. One would think it should be otherwise. But the pain of closing is antecedent to every new opening in our lives. That certainly seems true in Matty's life. Out of the brokenness, something beautiful was born. The charity that Matty began called Nashville, which helps women and children in need 
and specifically those very ones who have a special place in God's heart. Widows, orphans, trafficked women. Matty has written a book called Lemons on Friday, Trusting God Through My Greatest Heartbreak. She's brave and courageous and filled with gratitude. Her story is astounding. Her beautiful childlike faith in God is something that Jesus himself commended. I know hearing her story will move you and be a huge blessing the way it has been to me. So without further ado, please welcome my friend and now yours, Matty Jackson Seligman. So the whole story of what I would call the most profound change in my faith happened in my late 20s. And when I was about 25, met the love of my life, Ben Selectman. We were both from Tennessee, went to the University of Tennessee, and we met through a mutual friend at a cookout one summer. And he was just such a charismatic and engaging and just magnetic sort of man. And we went out on a date and and it was just this really kind of fast and passionate and sweet uh, sort of romance. And we dated for about a year and um, were engaged for about a year and then were married uh, in the fall of 2017. And then very tragically, about three weeks before our first wedding anniversary, we were on vacation in Florida with my two sisters and Ben suffered a very freak traumatic uh, brain injury. He slipped on some wet steps, getting back up onto a boat that we were riding on and fell back and hit his head on a concrete dock. And from there started on this 12 day journey of him being in the ICU and a very intense brain swelling that was that was life-threatening and multiple brain surgeries and a medically induced coma and after 12 days he ended up passing away uh, from multiple strokes that happened um, while he was in the coma and that was three and a half years ago now So obviously that is a shock that no young bride ever imagines. And from there truly tested, do I really believe everything I've always said I believed about God and about his goodness and his sovereignty and grappling with those questions along with grieving my husband. When we grieve someone or something that is a special and an intimate part of our life, I think, at least for me, I wanted that process of grief to be as fast as possible because I wanted to feel better. I mean, that's such a simplistic thing to say, but I remember thinking in the early days, especially, and even asking my counselor this, what do I need to do to feel better? Like, what do I need to do to process the worst of this? heartbreak and and sadness and just sorrow and and what are those steps and just being so frustrated that there really aren't steps there's no prescription for healing and and it will be different for every person and it takes a while of learning what your hurt looks like and the things that you can do to try to slowly address that pain and and heal your heart 
even in asking all those hard questions about my faith and about my identity and everything that I kind of dealt with, you know, I still struggled to pray and I still struggled to go back to church, even though I knew I wanted to be there. It was just a really painful place. And when we especially experience something tragic and believe in a God that has perfect control, we it's it's normal to feel resistant toward him. It's normal to feel at a loss for words. I spent so much time in scripture because I think for a long time, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to ask for. And so the conversations that I was having with God were truly out of desperation. I think it, it my prayer and my needs from him were strictly 24 hours at a time. Like help me get up this morning, help me deal with the financial things that I have to deal with, uh, with everything that's going on, you know, give me the courage to make the phone call for help that I don't want to make because I feel like a burden. It was truly a sense of survival. And I, I think that he is faithful in that. And when we are so desperate and we know the only thing that can truly carry us in this moment is, is the strength of God, then there become, it change, it does change fundamentally the way that we understand him and the way that we relate to him. Until I lost Ben and I was so broken and so desperate, I never really got to know Jesus as like the sit beside me best friend, not just as the one who died for me, who's waiting for me in heaven, but the one who really can enter into every moment of my pain and really can bring peace that transcends understanding. And that that comes when we invite him into our lives, whether a good season or a bad season, you know, on a moment by moment basis, like we would any other friend or any other relationship. It just, when you think about the people you're closest to, you don't just call them when something's wrong. You They're, they're kind of aware of the ins and outs of your days. And that's why you have such a close relationship. And so it, it kind of changed for me the way that I viewed God's actual presence in my day-to-day -day life and the power that we have access to because I had never really needed that power in such a desperate way before. And so, you know, my relationship with God, my understanding and intimacy with Him and just the way that even I pray is is far less pretty but but a lot more honest than it probably ever was before and you know prayer became less about the words i said to god and more about taking time to sit in his presence and let him make me feel safe when the worst things happen to you in your life and the best things happen to you in your life you can immediately think of the two or three people that you want to pick up the phone and call and when we get to know Jesus on a real personal level, that's what prayer becomes. It's he's the first person you want to call when the best and the worst happens. And it just took me going through the worst for me to learn that. But it is such a freeing way to pray and such a such an intimate way to relate to the Lord. So I am reading a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible when John sees into the future from Revelation 1, 5, 21, and 22. 
It says, I am the beginning, Jesus said, and the ending. One day, John knew heaven would come down and mend God's broken world and make it our true, perfect home once again. And he knew in some mysterious way that would be hard to explain that everything was going to be more wonderful for once having been so sad. He knew that the ending of the story was going to be great. It would make all the sadness and tears and everything seem like just a shadow that is chased away by the morning sun. I'm on my way, Jesus said. I'll be there soon. John came to the end of his book, but he didn't write the end because, of course, that's how stories finish. And this one's not over yet. So instead, he wrote, come quickly, Jesus, which perhaps is really just another way of saying to be continued. This passage resonates with me because I think it is the ultimate reminder that that our story will have a happy ending. And when life is full of tears and life is really hard, we have to remember it's never the end of our story. Jesus is the reason that I can sit here three years later and share my story and be open about it and be honestly grateful for where my life is now. And I think sometimes a simple childlike faith where you simply say, I trust you, God, I need you, God, is all you need. That That's all he needs from you is, is your belief and your trust. And it, it doesn't take you know, theological knowledge to lean into the best friend Jesus. It just takes a childlike faith. You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at sallylloyd-jones.com and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible. Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Oh, hello, it's me again, Sally. I'm just popping back briefly to say two things. The first thing is, don't forget to subscribe to the show because that way you'll get the stories straight to your phone. And the other thing is, while we're at it, would you rate the show and leave us a review? That would be so great because it helps other people find the show too. I really appreciate your help. Thank you.